This is the marketing podcast for financial advisors with Claire Aiken. Claire is the founder of Indigo Marketing Agency, a full-service marketing firm tailored specifically to financial advisors. She delivers complete proven marketing strategies with a minimum investment of your time. And now, here's Claire. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a really important subject. We are going to talk about how to get more referrals and personal introductions. And I am really excited about the guest. We have Bill Cates, who is a referral coach to top financial advisors. He's a best-selling author. He's a Hall of Fame keynote speaker, and he's one of my personal mentors and heroes in our industry. I've known Bill for a lot of years, and I really believe in what he teaches. He teaches advisors how to multiply their best clients, and the, the activities and the strategies that he teaches are really usable. They're not kind of quirky sales pushing tactics. They're things that you actually feel comfortable saying to your clients, and they're really effective. Advisors who work with Bill end up growing their businesses in the future. He provides online programs, keynote speaking, and also uh, coaching and accountability calls. And so I just want to welcome Bill to the program. Thank you, Claire. Great to be with you. Yeah. And so Bill, you and I met way back when, um, years ago when I was with FMG Suite, and I remember you came to one of the conferences we were having and you did the keynote speech. And I remember it was so good that the CEO of FMG Suite said, we got to hire this guy to teach our sales team. You know, he's so motivating. His speech was so good. We got to hire him for our own in-house sales team. So I can attest to uh, that your keynote speeches are fantastic. And you also have a, a really cool background. So you, I know you've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I know that you used to live on a houseboat. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you're excited about personally today. Yeah, I'm a, a little bit of an adventurer, I guess. Uh, I mean, I haven't climbed Everest or anything like that, but every year I try to have three types of vacations. I want to go somewhere in the world or the country that I haven't seen before and be a little bit of a tourist. I want to go lay on a beach somewhere for a week and do nothing, and uh, or even longer if I can. And I want to go on an adventure. Uh, so I've climbed Kilimanjaro. I've trekked in the Himalayas. I've camped in the Arctic Circle. Uh, the houseboat I lived on was in uh, Kashmir, India. And it was a while ago. It was before uh, there was a lot of violence in Kashmir that's been happening off and on. And I lived on a houseboat in a, a lake called Lake Srinagar. It's just crystal clear. You can see yourself in the water. Just a beautiful part of the world. My next, uh, working on a, an adventure to go uh, mushing, to go do- dog sledding in Finland with a friend of mine. Oh, wow. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic and cold. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, yeah. So why don't you tell us about a little bit about where you see the biggest opportunities for financial advisors today? I know you work with a lot of uh, different advisors from different backgrounds. And, you know, what are you excited about um, when it comes to marketing for advisors? Sure. I'll tell you, I'll start actually with um, the biggest challenge. And as you know, inside a challenge can be an opportunity. Uh, so the biggest challenge I see um, is is just reaching people, right? It, it's just the world is so noisy now. It's been estimated that the average person gets 3,400 marketing messages a day. Um, just just crazy. And of course, the brain is just looking, you know, what do I pay attention to? What do I don't pay attention to? And, it's, and it can even be stressful. Uh, so, and, and with that, one of the other challenges we face is, you know, one of the big ob- objections we face is uh, prospects inertia, right? They're either moving in a certain direction, they just don't want to change, 
where they're doing nothing. They got their head in the sand and they don't want to change. And, you know, uh, Sir Isaac Newton uh, in his first law of motion says a body in motion tends to stay in motion. A body at rest tends to remain at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. So guess what? We've got to become that outside force to give them a little metaphorical shake up and say, hey, this is important. Pay attention to this. So that's the challenge. Now, how do we get through that? What's the opportunity? Well, uh, I'm writing a new book, actually, which which addresses that. So this is a, a way for me to get that plugged. But it's called Radical Relevance. And it's all about how we pr- bring a more relevant and compelling message uh, so people will pay attention to what we have to say, that it's not generic in nature, but it's targeted. So, you know, the, the fastest way to relevance and the fastest way to be that outside force in someone's life is an introduction from someone else they already trust, right? A referral, an introduction. And, you know, referrals and introductions, more important than ever before. They've been around forever. Everybody knows, on this you know, podcast listening knows how important they are. Uh, but more important now than ever before, because that's how we cut through the noise, right? And the other opportunities I find with folks, and I know you talk about this, is this idea of becoming a specialist. Um, And I I look at it in terms of of narrowing your target. Um, Some of the most successful people that I work with have a very defined, well-defined, narrow target. And the uh, the, the narrower, the better. Now, are there people that are kind of generalists and, you know, they'll deal with anybody who have money in motion and they're successful? Yeah, but it's harder and it's harder to reach those people. And those folks usually, hit, they've been at it for a long time, so they have a lot of momentum on their side. But for folks maybe who aren't as uh, veteran in this business as that, uh, how do we cut through the noise? We have a more relevant message. How do we get a more relevant message? We do that by targeting a very specific market uh, and getting narrow. And one other thing, if I can throw in there, which also is related to this, is I, I, I finally see a lot of advisors waking up to the power of social event marketing. I mean, it's nothing new. Again, a lot of people have been doing it for a long time, but uh, this this idea of, of creating more engagement with our clients and creating a little bit of a business friendship and then using those social event mark social events to meet new prospects right fit prospects for our business i just i just come off a coaching call before this call with you and and we spent an hour talking about how this firm can use social events to not just increase their engagement with their current clients but meet new ideal type prospects in a social setting i love that yeah and one of the things that i really think you're doing differently and that i love is when you go to your website your whole call to action is multiply your best clients. And I think that's a message that really resonates with all advisors. And something that you said that really struck a chord with me is, you know, if you try to be a generalist and you try to market without a specialty, you can do it, but it's harder. You know, and I face so many advisors that are resistant to embracing a specialty, but what they need to understand is that makes their life easier. And that makes it easier to reach their ideal clients. And then you know, in turn, we're eventually multiplying their best clients and their whole life is better. They're working with people they like, where they have business friendships, that they you know, are doing their best work. They're working in their, you know, their best wheelhouse. And so I think that's what's really cool about uh, what you help advisors do is multiply their best clients. Yeah, I, w- I was talking with another uh, firm that I was coaching. It was uh, three advisors. And um, 
we actually started talking about this kind of came from them, but it was a, a concept you don't hear a lot in this business. And that is uh, finding joy in the business. And one of the ways you find joy in this business is working with the folks you really want to work with. Uh, so when I, in most of the strategies that I talk and most of the work I do with people, it, it's not just quantity. It's, uh, it's quality. It's, it's bringing in the right people. I've kind of coined a phrase, right fit client, right? We want a right fit. What is a right fit client? Well, it's a, it, think of it in terms of your, your business soulmate, right? It was someone you were, you were meant to serve and someone who was meant to be served by you. And whatever the logistics, whatever the demographics are, whether the psychographics are, it's a perfect match. And they know the value of professional advice. They have the, the, the type of assets and income where you can do the kind of work you want to do um, and all of that. And, and, you know, don't we all want to just get more of the right fit clients? I think that a lot of people resist narrowing their focus is, is out of fear or perhaps making a mistaken assumption. And is, you know, if I just focus on these, if I just, if I just focus on physicians or if I just focus on, uh, you know, owners of construction firms or whatever, I'll miss all this other opportunity out there. And the answer is, well, yeah, you may miss some of that other opportunity, but you'll be so successful in your target market, you won't even notice. And it doesn't mean you have to give up serving who you're already serving. And it doesn't even mean you have to turn down business that may come to you that's a good fit. But everything you do in a proactive way is towards this target market. And so what happens is the more you narrow your focus, the more powerful your messaging becomes be it on a website, your LinkedIn profile, an email you send to a prospect, what you say to clients when you stand up in front of a room, whatever it is, your messaging becomes more effective, more powerful. When you develop your messaging and you kind of say, well, let's, let's make it a little more inclusive. Let's include these folks too. All you're doing is weaken, weakening the messaging. Now you can have more than one target market. And if your firm has more than one advisor, then certainly each advisor can, can go after a market. And one advisor could have more than one target market. I don't recommend doing more than trying to start one more than one at once. Uh, you may even be sitting on a target market that just naturally developed and you just have to formalize that process a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And there's a lot of data out there that shows that when you do specialize, not only is it easier to find the people you're trying to reach, but they convert at a higher rate. So I'm in an entrepreneurship group where we do some marketing studies and we did actually two landing pages for a plant food company. One of the plant foods was just general house plant food. And the second was a specific house plant, the fiddly fig. And so it was a plant food for that plant. And the conversion rate for the general plant food was 1.7%, which is pretty low, but that's actually you know common for um, consumer products on Amazon. For the specific plant food for that plant, it was 53%. And so it's incredible the difference when you actually specialize because people don't have to be as wary in the buying process. They think, wow, this advisor will get me. They'll understand my circumstances. They'll understand the help I need. I don't need to do any more vetting. This is the person for me. And so not only is it you know, easier to find people, it's easier to create a marketing strategy, easier to create compelling content, but then your sales calls will actually convert better and the clients will end up sticking around longer and referring more people to you. So it's this cycle that builds on itself and has this snowball effect over time. Um, so I totally agree with you, Bill. Why don't you tell us a little bit about 
uh, the difference between referrals and introductions and, and why you say today that referrals are worthless. Right. Well, think of it this way, uh, a little bit of a hierarchy. So, you know, there's word of mouth when our clients talk about us to others. And, and that's good. There's not, you know, it's good to get word of mouth. And every now and then we get an email or the phone rings and that's great. The problem with, with word of mouth alone is it's usually not enough in financial services and it doesn't always bring you the right type of clients, right? It may bring you the wrong type of clients in some cases and then you feel funny. Do I take this on because so-and-so introduced them to me even though they're not a right fit? So that's word of mouth. And then the referred lead where, you know, call George, use my name. Well, guess what? George doesn't answer his phone anymore. And if you leave a message, George is wondering why their friend gave your name out to them, right? So they, it, it's just hard to reach people. So this, the kind of referred lead just doesn't work anymore. And, and what we need is we need to get introduced. We need to get connected. So we'll use the word referrals here today. I still certainly use the word. But whenever you're with a prospect or a client or a center of influence, use the word introductions. Let's talk about how you introduce me to Bob. You know, my guess is that Jennifer would prefer to hear from you before she hears from me. Let's, let's talk about what that introduction looks like. And we're always thinking in terms of introductions. And this is where it falls off for a lot of people where, you know, a lot of uh, folks will, will find someone willing to make an, uh, to, to refer, if you will. Uh, but then the introduction doesn't, doesn't take place. And so there's no connection and, and there's no connection. There's really nothing to do. And so, uh, you know, how's the introduction made? Well, there's a lot of different ways and you can have your favorite way. Uh, and then it's good to see what the client wants to do too. Of course, you know, in person in financial services, in person introduction is, is usually a great introduction because it's usually over something fun. You're breaking bread together, playing golf, whatever. Now, and that's wonderful, but, but, you know, logistically it's not always easy. Um, if, if these are the types of folks that normally get together from time to time and they're used to planning things together, then it's a little easier. Um, so the fallback for a lot of folks are what I call the electronic handshake or the email introduction. You know, I'm actually, someone's introducing me now, uh, to, a to a company and, and I'm, I'm crafting the introduction for Todd so he can introduce me to somebody. And, you know, it's essentially George meet Bill. This is what Bill does. Bill meet George. This is who George is. I've known him for years, da, da, da. You know, you guys should talk. And um, so getting that connection. Uh, and now you have someone to reach out to. You know the, the, the good things have been said about you. And you just use that email introduction to schedule a short uh, phone call as the next step. And it, it works. It works very well. So an introduction is, you know, is that connection. You got to get connected. Yeah, I love that. And I tell the story about my dad because I actually, you know, had my dad read some of your stuff and he took kind of uh, one of the things you teach. And after every successful client annual review, he says, if there's anybody that you know that needs my help, let's get together for breakfast, coffee or lunch. And through that, he just landed a huge client, two and a half million dollar uh, retiree client. They went to uh, his existing clients, you know, scheduled it to go to coffee. They went to Panera. He bought, you know, six cups of coffee and no snacks or anything. It cost him something like less than $30. And they were able to sit down and talk and get that in-person introduction, that transfer of trust. And then the prospects ended up, you know, transferring all their money and using him as their advisor. And it wasn't about being pushy. It wasn't about being salesy. It said, you know, it was a way of saying, 
if someone you care about needs my help, I would make the time to meet them in person. And that is really the best way to meet prospects and referrals. And you know what else I love about what he did is he didn't feel like he had to take them to Chris, lose Chris or, you know, have to spend a lot of money on this introduction, Panera, a cup of coffee, maybe a Danish, you know, whatever. It's just, it's not about trying to impress people. It's, it's being convenient. It's, it's connecting in a human way. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I see so many people waste a lot of energy and money on trying to impress people when they really don't have to. I mean, I'm not saying those things can't happen, but it doesn't have to happen. You don't have to make the mistake. I've, I've got one guy I've been coaching, uh, a guy named Al. Uh, Al's got almost a billion dollars under management. Okay. He's, he's like over 900 million. And, you know, he had a, uh, you know, the wine box at the, uh, Capitol Grill. And he'd always take people to lunch at Capitol Grill or sometimes dinner. And it was nice, but not everyone wanted to go because, you know, a lunch at Capitol Grill is a different time frame than a lunch at Panera or wherever else you might go. And I said, Al, you know, you don't have to make this this fancy thing and impress people and take up all this time and, you know, just do what's convenient. Do where there's good food and it's quiet enough to have a good conversation. And it's funny, he started doing that and he's, he's finding it easier to get people together when it's not this fancy thing. Right. Yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. Make it easy for them. Go somewhere convenient, close to them and, um, you know, just have it in a time and a place that's, that's easy. Um, that's great insight. And so walk us through, you know, some of your advice on how advisors can get more introductions. What can they do today to get more introductions? Uh, ask. <laughs> uh, but I'll be a little more elaborate, elaborate on that a little bit more. <laughs> we have a thing we call the VIPS. Uh, think of the referrals, the introductions you get as the VIPs of your business. And that way you can remember this pretty easily. Um, and so the V is the value discussion. This is something I've been teaching forever, over 22 years. And, and this is a check-in. We check in with our prospects. We check in with our clients. We make sure that things are where they need to be. We're meeting expectations. Uh, you know, we sometimes every every now and then maybe ferret out a little a little dissatisfaction that they had that they weren't telling us. But then we also find out how they see the value in in the work we've done together, and and it helps us feel better. They feel good about it, and that's that's the starting point to this conversation. It's not a setup. It's not. Hey, have you found value in the work we're doing? Yeah, great. Who do you know? Not a setup. It's a, it's a discussion back and forth. Um, and then the I is treat the request with importance, meaning just be confident, practice it, just come confident and, and make it about helping other people and the important work you do. And, and then the P is permission to brainstorm. We know that not everyone likes to give referrals or make introductions, so we just can't plow ahead and assume. And that's where it starts to irritate people when Say, well, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing. Yeah, who else we can bring, you know, bring this to? Let's talk about who else. So I soften it up a little bit by saying, you know, I've got a couple ideas. I'd love to run by it. Can we brainstorm for a minute just to see if we might be able to help some folks you care about? And, you know, you're okay with that. So I'm, I want buy-in for the conversation. And because I know that since not everyone wants to do this, I give them a chance to, to say no. Because the last thing I want to do is, is start going in, into a conversation where they don't feel comfortable for whatever reason. And then the S is suggest names and categories. And here's what I found over the years is 
the most productive place to be and usually the easiest for the advisor and the, and the client is when you come to the meeting with a specific person or maybe a few individuals that you know your client knows and say, you know, I know your sister and brother-in-law in the area. How do you feel about introducing me to them? Can we craft an approach that would feel comfortable for everybody? And that's, you know, specific requesting a specific introduction to a specific person or specific couple. That's, that's, that's the bullseye, if you will. Uh, so if you picture a, 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 an archery target, you know, the yellow bullseye is the specific people you know they know. Maybe they've mentioned in past meetings. The next ring out is, is categories. It could be money in motion. It could be life events. It could be some groups you know they, they're part of. Um, so you slowly move out. What you don't want to do is make the mistake that so many people make and say, you know, who, who do you know we can help? Who else out there should know about what I do? And you throw up in the whole universe. Their mind doesn't land anywhere. Uh, what we're trying to do here is, is help them picture people in their mind's eye. So it will land somewhere and they'll think of someone. And they go, well, you know, my brother-in-law probably should have this conversation. Well, sounds good. Let's talk about your brother-in-law. Why do you, why do you think that? And then you'll learn as much as you can. You have a good introduction. So start narrow. You can expand out, but start narrow. And always, again, use the word introductions because we're going to be going for an introduction. You don't just want a name and a phone number. You want to get connected. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I may know the answer to this question, but tell me a little bit about, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see advisors making when it comes to asking for introductions? Well, you know, one of the first mistakes I found early on when I started teaching my methodologies uh, a long time ago, most companies hired me to talk to their advisors about how to ask, how to ask without being pushy or begging and all that. And then I learned a lot of folks weren't referable in the first place. And so then we started getting into the area of client engagement and becoming more referable. But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to assume that the people listening to this are, are pretty referable. You have good, strong relationships with your clients. You have an ongoing client service model that you're following, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what are what are the bigger uh, the mistakes, if you will? And uh, a couple of things that maybe your folks haven't thought about. And one is being mission-driven, having a mission-driven practice. And what I mean by that is really, really getting in touch with the value that you provide, the important work that you do. Make that your cause. Make that your mission um, to make sure that everybody that you meet practically is are making the, you know, the right financial decisions for themselves, right? The decisions that are in their best interest. And, and be on a mission to bring this important work to the right people. Uh, make that about, that's, that's the referral process, if you will, is trying to reach more people. It, it, being on a mission is a very attractive quality. And uh, people can buy into that mission. And so what happens is not only do they want to bring your value to other people, but they also want to help you and like you and they like your mission. They appreciate it. So that's one thing I, I found people can strengthen. Another thing is the mistake and the antidote to the mistake. The mistake is winging it around this and just not really thinking through this much. And you're on an appointment and you go, oh, maybe I'll ask this guy for referrals. And it just doesn't come out quite as confidently and as organized as you would like. And maybe you bumble through it and you wonder, did he even understand what I just said? So I, I teach uh, having a pre-appointment routine. If you think about athletes, they all have a pre-game routine before they get out on the field or the court. 
musicians and other types of performers have a pre-performance routine. So why not have a pre-appointment routine related to referrals and introductions? And so the first thing is to is to prepare your agenda. Always run a meeting from an agenda. Uh, prepare the agenda for that client, whatever specific to them. And then put value discussion, that's the V in the VIPS, near the end, not the very end, but near the end. That's your check-in. You're going to see how the communication is going, how the value is being recognized. And then you think, all right, who do I know who they know, right? Who do I know is in your world? Or what categories might I suggest? But you're going to think about this a little bit, you know, for a minute and just be a little bit more prepared. And, and then, you know, so individuals could be categories. And then what I really recommend you do is practice, practice it with someone. Or if you're driving to the appointment, talk it out, you know, like you're on your Bluetooth in your car or something. Just don't let the words that come out be the first time you ever say those words. Most people don't practice enough in this business. And they lack a certain amount of confidence because of that. And, and so it never really comes out the way they'd like it to. I think that's so powerful that you teach that. And it reminds me of back in business school. So I went to business school at UC San Diego. One of the things business schools get judged on is how many of their graduates get jobs after graduating and high paying jobs. And so they really want you to be good at interviewing for jobs when you exit business school. So one of the things that they forced us to do is mock interviews. And the reason is the highest correlated factor with getting a high paying job is hours of practice spent doing mock interviews. So particularly hours spent practicing when you're actually on video. So they would make us do these mock interviews. They would videotape them. We would watch them. We would refine what we said. And it's just repetition of saying these answers, using this language out loud. And then when you go to a job interview, it's not the first time you've ever said it. You've practiced your answers. You've thoughtfully reviewed what you want to say, how you want to come across. And that is the most important factor that you can affect to interview well and get a high paying job. And it's just the same with what you teach. It's practicing what you should say at the end of a meeting to get these introductions so that you can say it thoughtfully, confidently, and that you've you know done it before. And it's not the first time those words have come out of your mouth. And so I think it's so cool that you allow advisors to uh, go through your programs, both online and um, you know on phone calls to practice these uh, conversations and to have some accountability so that, you know, they can set a goal that say, I want to have a referral conversation at the end of each of my client meetings this week. And then at the end of the week or the end of the month, they can speak with you and you can ask them, you know, did you do it? Did you meet your goal? And that is the way that you really move the needle is, you know, practicing and then doing these, these asks at the end of each appointment. And then the rubber really meets the road. Yeah, practicing practicing creates confidence, and and uh, so if we don't feel confident, we won't do it. Or if we do it, we don't do it very well. And usually, we won't do it at all if we don't feel confident. And you know, I love it when I'm coaching a client who who volunteers to practice. Bill, can we try this now? You know, I want to try it out. And I go, yeah, sure, you're ready. Let's do it. You know, it's it's always a little awkward. I get that. It's make believe. Some people are better than others at the make believe, um, but it. What you don't want is you don't want the first time you do this with someone, you know, uh, to be, or, or when you do it with someone, you don't want it to be the first time the words have come out of your mouth because you, you're going to bumble through it. Anyway, so that's, that's why I believe in a pre-program routine of some sort. Absolutely. Yeah. And so 
going forward, you know, what is the one recommendation you would give advisors listening? If they want to grow their business, they're serious about being successful, they're serious about investing in their marketing and growing their firm, what is the one thing you would have them do today to start moving forward? Yeah, so I would I would encourage every well, two things if you don't mind. One is to have these value discussions, just to check in with your clients more often and say, How are we doing? Are we meeting your expectations? Anything we need to to pick up on, you know, what's working for you. That that I've seen so many people have such great results just from that. Uh, but beyond that is to get very clear on who is a right fit client for you. What are the demographic, psychographic aspects of that person? You know, who are you really, truly trying to attract into your business? Because everything you say with prospects and you know, any marketing materials you put together will reflect that. What you're trying to do is attract the right people and repel the wrong people. I know repel sounds like a negative word, but it really is. We're just trying to, we're trying to qualify in a sense through the words that we use. Uh, you had said something earlier about when you specialize, you know their world. It's all about empathy. Our prospects need to have a sense that we know them. We have a sense of who they are. And when you focus on who your right fit clients are, and then you make the decision, the commitment to focus all your outgoing effort on meeting those types of people, be it through referrals and anything else you might do, then you have a chance to, guess what, multiply your best clients. And that's, you know, if you just serve the heck out of your clients, just provide great service, you'll, you'll create incremental growth. Uh, uh, everybody does, just doing a great job for folks. But if you want to create exponential growth, then you got to think in terms of multiplication. And that's multiplying your best clients. And we have a, a tool that's free for anybody that knows Claire can get this. If you just go to multiplyyourbestclients.com, multiplyyourbestclients.com, you can get our one of our latest e-guides on this. It'll talk to you about the strategies to do that. And, um, if you have any questions, just shoot them by me afterwards. Uh, I'm always here to help people. Yeah, that's fantastic. We really appreciate that. And I'd encourage the advisors listening to ch also check out Bill's referralcoach.com. He has so many programs on here. So if you're a financial advisor who is serious about growing your business, you should be working with a business coach. And I know a lot of advisors aren't, but the top advisors that I work with all have business coaches. And it almost doesn't matter who you use because the point of a business coach is to have you set goals and to keep you accountable to your goals. And so Bill has tons of different programs at different price points. So you can do online coaching for referrals, for asking for introductions, and then you can do phone calls for um, keeping you accountable. And so it's all about setting goals, keeping yourself accountable, and keeping your eye on the prize when it comes to growing your business. So I encourage you to check out multiplyyourbestclients.com as well as referralcoach.com and see all of the different programs that he has, his videos, and um, sign up for his newsletter. He sends out weekly tips to help with your referrals and your marketing, and they're really great content there. So thank you so much, Bill, for being part of the program. We really appreciate it today. You bet, Claire. I have a lot of respect for the work that you do for your clients and uh, always great to, to speak with you. Thank you. If you'd like any resources from today's episode or from other episodes, go to indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. It's hard to forget that address, indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. 